Awesome. Well, welcome back, guys. As we said at the top, we're going to continue our gospel leadership series tonight. We've been doing that both on the live cast and the webcast. And if you're just jumping in now, uh, let's you're, come on in. You're welcome. But what we've been talking about is that if the church is the family of God, which we believe that it is, and its purpose is to glorify God, if we are here as, as a body of Christ to glorify God and make his goodness known, then leadership within the church is going to look very different than any other realm of life. And so we've been starting to unpack what does the gospel mean for leadership? What does it mean to lead in the church in light of who Jesus is and the mission that he has given us? And so on Sunday, we started to talk about uh, this, this topic of gospel leaders love. And we started to look at three really important, three C's of leadership and how the gospel radically changes them. We, we call it revolution. It revolutionizes our commitment, our character, and even our competence. Flips it upside down in some ways as to what we see in other areas of leadership. And what we talked about on Sunday is how the gospel actually basically repositions those three C's such that we become leaders who start to be others-oriented. We start to hear this call and receive the call to, to sacrifice for other people. As the gospel changes our, our commitment, our character, and our competence, we find ourselves being leaders who are actually lowering ourselves to serve and to love those that God has entrusted to us. Now, what we're going to do, we're kind of building towards is kind of the end goal, if you will, of leadership, which we call N plus two, which is multiplication or a leadership that has an influence two degrees of separation away. In other words, I, I, I make disciples who then make disciples and have an influence on people that I may never meet. That's kind of the end goal, N plus two, me, N plus two degrees of separation. Well, tonight where we are is basically at the beginning of that. We're going to talk about N, me. Uh, self-leadership, or how do I understand the nature and call of gospel leadership? What's the foundation that I can then build on? And so to follow up on Sunday, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a little recap and maybe one or two other thoughts to each of the three C's. But as we go, I really want to give you guys a few minutes under each section to do a little bit of self-reflection and self-formation. So tonight is maybe a little bit different than what we've been doing the past few weeks. We'll do a little bit of teaching, and then I'm actually going to give you guys kind of live on the air just a few minutes to do some self-reflection and formation, and then I'll bring you back and we'll keep going. So if you have a, a pen and paper or you want to take notes on your phone, either way it works. But before we get into that, why don't we pray and then we'll, uh, we'll see what we get into here. Jesus, thank you for uh, this call to be leaders who love leaders who have the privilege of being a part of your church family, uh, about more than making a name for ourselves, but actually leaders who have this responsibility and privilege of making you known. And so as we continue to consider what that looks like tonight, Lord, would you speak? Would you remind us from your word? Remind us of the privilege that this is. Remind us that it's you who work through us. We are not trying to endeavor on our own strength. Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak, continue to allow our, our leadership to be coming from a place of joy in you, of gratitude for who you are, and the love that you ultimately have for us. 
So we commit tonight and all that we're going to work through and discuss. We commit it to you and your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's start with the first C of commitment. Really quick kind of recap here to kind of get our, our thoughts back to where we were on Sunday a little bit. The gospel changes, as a leader, what I am committed to. And it changes it so that it's not so much a what, but it actually becomes a who. The gospel changes the object of my commitment, and it becomes a who, people, as my people. In other words, the gospel leader has a new identity. You, as a leader in the church, you have a new identity, and that identity is one of a spiritual parent. You are entrusted with caring for and leading those in your family towards Jesus and becoming a spiritual parent themselves. Now, of course, there's a lot that we could say about how the gospel changes our commitment or what it means to have commitment as a leader, but I really want to just help us focus in tonight on on this one idea that is shifting our thinking in this way and receiving this identity of a spiritual parent so that we can start to say, I, I, as a leader, I'm committed, I'm here, but I'm committed to these people. I'm for these people. These are my people. So if you're a simple church leader right now, start to receive this identity such that we can say, my simple church, they are my children. Gospel leaders love through, firstly, through sacrificial commitment, a different kind of commitment. Now, at times, and you know this already, at times, there is a, there's a great cost to, to this kind of leadership. It is, it is sacrificial. But rather than let the cost, kind of the price of that, come at us and then us react in weariness, can I instead encourage us as part of this identity shift to actually see the cost of leadership as part of loving those that God has entrusted to you. And therefore, as part of this identity shift, actually choose to pay it. And at the same time, understand I'm not going to pay that cost myself, but actually call on the Lord. Make it a practice, make it a leadership practice of yours to daily, moment by moment at times, call on the Lord to produce in us an endurance for people to give us the strength to persevere, to actually work in us, fix our desires and our thoughts on leading others, even when it's difficult or even when we're not sure what to do or we don't know if we want to keep doing it, choosing to pay the cost as the price of loving others and calling on the Lord to meet us there. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you help me endure. Gospel leaders love through commitment to people as my people. And church, I said it on Sunday, but I really want to remind us that, you know, as leaders, your, your presence, often what seems as simple as your presence is so valuable. Who you are in the family of God is absolutely critical. Your availability is often more important even than what you think your ability is because it's your availability that is the channel for God to work through you into the lives of those that you're discipling and caring for. And it all comes back, this idea of being available for people, available to family, it all comes back to this identity. The gospel changes how I view myself. I am 
I've been given the privilege of being a spiritual parent. Now, a really quick side note on commitment, because I know a few people uh, asked on Sunday a really good question. Why does commitment come first for us, even over something like character, which is also very, very important? The short answer is they're a very close one, too, of course. All three C's are very, very important. They're very close. But here's why we have commitment first is because when we are committed as family to one another, that allows us to speak to each other's character. Uh, If I don't know that Nathan and I are are brothers in Jesus, if we're in the same family, I don't know that I can speak to character or hear him speak to mine. When we're committed, though, we can walk in grace with one another because character is an area of growth for all of us. So that's why we talk about commitment being first. It doesn't mean that character isn't important, which we'll see again in a moment. But committed to people, are we together? As a leader... Can I start to allow this beautiful call of the gospel to change how I view leadership, particularly within the church? I am a spiritual parent, one whose whose privilege, one whose job, one whose joy is is to raise up spiritual children, helping them mature in their faith in Christ and their ability to then parent other people. That's who I get to be. That's what it means to be committed to be there for these people. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to give you, like I said, a couple minutes to work through three kind of reflection questions slash steps. And I'm going to read them right now for you, but Brooke's going to actually post them in the chat as well so that you can, uh, you don't have to like quickly write them down as I'm reading. But take your time. We'll give you a few minutes to do this. I want you to kind of reflect on three things. The first one is going to reflect on this question. Do I view myself right now as a spiritual parent? Have I ever thought of myself in that way? Do I view myself right now as a spiritual parent? Basically just a quick, where am I at? Second thing I want you to do is just take a moment and pray. Thank God, express gratitude for the privilege of being able to lead. For the privilege of being part of a family of God that glorifies him. Yes, it can be very challenging, but let's lead with gratitude. It is a special privilege. So take a moment and pray about that. And then number three, just think about one one kind of step that you might be able to take to practice adopting this identity of a parent. Really quick, I'll give you a couple examples I shared on Sunday that could be something like this or something else you think of, but just what step could I take even this week? So it might be something like, just telling, telling the Lord that you are available, kind of making that declaration, Lord, I am available, work through me. Maybe it's a, 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 some prayer or a practice of prayer for, for your spiritual children that maybe you're not really sure where they're at or all the time, like a biological parent would be, but prayer for them, let the Lord know that you're committed to loving them, however windy that road might be at times. Maybe it's doing something intentional to tell or show your your spiritual children, your simple church, that you are here for them beyond a task or a role. You care about them. Maybe it's a message to them or something you want to share at Huddle or at Gathering on Sunday. Maybe for some listening, it's it's, uh, really practical, like stepping into the simple church apprenticeship as a a next step to be growing in maturity and becoming a, a spiritual parent for more people. Maybe it's simply being kinder to yourself when all you feel like you can do is be there for people. Again, that is so important. Your presence matters often more than what you do or produce. 
So take a moment, reflect, spend a moment in prayer, and think about a step that you might take. We're going to have some background music on. I'll be here. Take your time. Don't rush. I'll call us back in a few moments. that you had a minute there and of course you'll be able to see the questions in the chat if you weren't able to quite finish would love for you guys as you're kind of coming back and we're going to move on if you if you would love to if you, if you would like to share 
any uh, any steps or thoughts or just reflections that you had, feel free to throw those in the chat. I know that that's always super encouraging to to others is to see how you are hearing from the Lord, you're processing that. So I'd love for you guys to just drop one or two of those thoughts in as we go uh, tonight. Okay, so we're gonna um, we're gonna move on. I know that the uh, that our background music might be a little too energetic for some of your reflection uh, needs. So maybe you can just turn that down or mute it during the break if you need to. I'll make sure that I uh, call you back clearly if, if the music's a bit too upbeat for you. Okay, so we're going to talk about character now. The second C, character. We talked about on Sundays how the gospel raises the bar. It raises the bar quite a bit on the importance of, of my character, on who I am, really. And that's because as leaders, we, we aren't just producing things or fulfilling tasks, but we are modeling Jesus. We're modeling a pursuit of Jesus. And we're leading others towards that maturity and that growth in him as well. Therefore, when it comes to leadership in the church, gospel leadership is, is very much connected to actually who I am, the visible and the private. It's not just a thing I produce, but actually, who am I really? What people see and what they don't see both matter very significantly. Now, gospel leaders, this isn't to say that, that leaders in the church are all perfect, of course. If that was the qualification, we would have no leaders. But gospel leaders are those who are, who are dependent on Jesus. Those who are pursuing the way of holiness And they're actually daily, all the time, dependent on the Holy Spirit to empower and to enable them to live out the life that Jesus has called them to. So I kind of gave three, I mean, there could be a lot of markers of the character of a gospel leader, but I gave three that I want to recap and get us to think about again. Three really important ones that we see Paul call the church uh, in, in the letter to the Ephesians specifically. And, and so let me recap three, those three markers tonight and get you thinking about those. First of all, the gospel leader character is one of humility and teachability. Humility and teachability. In other words, leaders who aren't defensive instantly. You know, teachability is a, is a sign of great strength, not weakness. Paul talks about how we need the old self the old self that's corrupted by our deceitful desires and our selfish ambition. We need that to be slowly stripped away by God's spirit, his transforming work, and in its place put on a new self, a soft heart that's willing to not just be Lord of its own life, but actually allow God's spirit to lead us and change us and mold us. It's a heart that quite practically, as that happens, It's a heart that's able to receive feedback, coaching, leadership itself as a leader. So the question I want us to think about is, is is this me? Is this me? In good times and in stressful times, am I allowing the spirit to cultivate within me a heart of humility and teachability? It is a huge, huge marker, important marker for gospel leader that I have an identity that's rooted in Christ. Therefore, if I receive constructive feedback, I can, I can receive that positively and in a healthy way. Secondly, the gospel leader character is one of integrity. Integrity. 
Integrity is wholeness, no, no cracks. And really, it's the process of the Lord working that new self that Paul talks about in me. So listen to Ephesians 4, verse 24. Paul says to the church, to us, put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness. And I love this, in righteousness and in purity of the truth. In righteousness and purity of the truth. The amazing truth is that the work that God's Spirit does in our hearts and in our inner life, it's, it's a deep from within kind of transformation. It's a change from the inside out. It's not just a behavioral surface level change, following rules and checking off boxes. No, the Spirit wants to change us deep from within. So surface level behaviors, that might not seem that significant actually are because they're coming from a root, a deeper desire or a deeper value that the Lord wants to change. Integrity is allowing God to form that from deep within. Who I am, when people see me and when people don't matters, allowing Jesus to produce in me that pursuit of righteousness and purity of truth. Integrity is a huge, huge marker for a gospel leader but one that the Lord works in us, not in our own strength. And finally, we talked about the marker of harmony. This is another critical one for gospel leadership. Rather than cultivate influence for ourselves as leaders by, you know, creating divisions and drawing people to kind of to our side to build up a sense of power and position. No, gospel leader has a character of harmony and unity. They see that they are part of something bigger. And that thing that they're a part of is actually not to give themselves a name as a leader or give an organization a name, but it's actually for the glory of God. And so the gospel leader seeks harmony and pursues unity as something bigger. Again, this comes from cultivating humility. But listen to what Paul says again, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 31. Calling the church, he says, Let all bitterness, anger, wrath, Shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice. He's saying, get, get rid of it. Gospel leaders pursue harmony and unity together. So at times, what does that look like? It means submitting to leadership. We talked about how, you know, a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different examples we can see in our own context, especially like the Fully Alive Covenant, even something like doing our KPIs or having coaching sessions with our district leaders. Submitting to leadership. They're, they're pursuing harmony. It's not just about me and my preference, but what's for the greater good. At other times, they, they celebrate the best, even if it's not them. They recognize signs of bitterness and, and try to catch them early and uproot them. And they speak well of others, both directly and behind their back. Gospel leaders coming from the, the work that Jesus does in our hearts, they pursue harmony and unity. This is so important, church. The gospel raises the bar on the importance of our character. And I talked about on Sunday how that's actually good news. Who we are means something. The, our characters are precious. Who we are matters significantly. But the gospel also, at the same time, while it's raising the bar on who we need to be, it also reminds us that we are carried by the mercy and the grace of Jesus. As Paul says to Timothy, he said in his letter to Timothy, you know, I am the worst of all sinners, but I have received God's mercy so that through me, Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience and power as an example 
to those who will believe in him. Do you see how the gospel does both? Jesus calls us to be high character people and at the same time cuts away any sort of endeavor of perfectionism. This isn't in you, but it's actually by his grace and by his mercy. It calls us to live in righteousness, but humbles us at the same time, saying it needs to be a work of my grace. In other words, as a leader, your pursuit of a Jesus-like character is not an endeavor of perfectionism or fake perfectionism. No, what qualifies us for leadership is not the appearance of having it all together, but a humble surrender to Jesus, both his high call and his tremendous grace. Jesus is glorified by our transformation and not our pretend perfectionism. The gospel raises the bar on the importance of my character and raises the bar on how deeply cared for and how carried we are by God's grace. So a couple things to reflect on here. Three again. The first thing is we're going to surrender. Just want you to think of, pick one of those areas. Humility, teachability, integrity, or harmony. And pick one of those areas that you want to give Jesus more permission to work in you. To keep up the work that he's doing in you. How do you know which one to pick? Maybe you found yourself kind of striving in an area lately or carrying some guilt here for some reason. Maybe you found yourself just wanting to lower the bar, say it doesn't actually really matter how I live, or just not reflecting Jesus. Just pick one of those, or maybe it's something else that you know that's on your heart. Pick one that you want to allow Jesus more room, more permission to work in your life. And then number two, we're going to pray. Invite Jesus there. Actually invite him and say that, Lord, I, I'm calling on you to do in me what I cannot. I confess that I've been, you know, trying to be Lord of this area. But turn to his righteousness. Turn to his humble character and give him permission to to heal, to form you, to uproot anything that he wants to change. So pray and invite him in, number two. And finally, number three, share. Just think of someone, maybe it's a simple church co-leader or your district leader or someone that you can just, share in this journey by uh, sharing your reflections and your prayer with them this week. Again, as you guys reflect on that, feel free to turn down the music if it's too energetic, but also throw your thoughts in the chat. We'd love to see those as you go. Take some time and we'll be back in a few minutes.
Okay, I'm gonna bring us back for the last of the three C's. We're gonna move into competence, competence. So here we talked about how in gospel leadership, we, we actually take responsibility for others, for those that God has entrusted with. And so rather than, you know, for example, rather than get frustrated or discouraged by maybe where they are at, we take responsibility for their growing in maturity to Jesus. We start to ask, if, if I'm a spiritual parent and these are my children, how can I use what I have to see them closer to Jesus and to see others who don't yet know him come to know him? We start to view what we have, our abilities, our strengths, our competence, not just for us or to make ourselves look good or to get an attention for ourselves, but actually for the service of others, particularly in the way of knowing Jesus more. Another way to maybe think about it is that the gospel changes competence in this way, that we have a perspective shift. And that is this, that your formal role, if you have one right now, simple church leader, district leader, scurred, apprentice, your formal role and all of the stuff around it, the structure around it, it is simply the means to a greater end. A real threat here and therefore a threat to our leadership, I think, is something that we talked about in the Church's Family series, and that is inspiration versus comparison. So, for example, something as practical as celebrating another leader or hearing a celebration of another simple church can, at times, get us feeling overwhelmed or, or feeling guilty or insecure. I don't know, have you ever been there where you hear a celebration, you see someone talking about something, and you're like, wait, but I, I'm not doing that as a leader. I, didn't, I haven't done that yet. My simple church isn't doing that yet. I'm a terrible leader. And you start to feel this weight of how bad of a leader I am. And the pressure at times can be enough to flip us back, flip the order in the wrong way. Such that we start to think then, I need to use my role or my people, in this case, my simple church, to do things to then fill the void of, am I a good leader? And so I start to feel the pressure of getting people to do stuff so that I can then be the one. In other words, we use the people that God's entrusted us with to try to serve the end of our own role or our own leadership. But I think we need to see that threat and then allow the gospel to flip the order back and revolutionize it back. Flip that myth. Otherwise, our leadership will be overwhelming and really ineffective. Allow the gospel to change it back if you're there right now. Your role, whatever that might be right now, is simply a pathway, a tool to care for people and to disciple them. It's simply a pathway to care for those that God's entrusted to you. The first priority, the main end goal is to be a parent and care for people. How you do that is through simple church leading or district leading. This then starts to open up our ability to to admit when we need help or to ask other people to help us do what we're doing to care for people. Like I said on Sunday, maybe you're trying to disciple someone and you're just not really sure how to walk that season of life. You've never been in it. Instead of saying, like, I can do this, I'm a, I'm a great leader, I can figure this out, ask someone to come in because the goal isn't to look like a great leader. The goal is to help your simple church children grow closer to Jesus. It starts to break down that selfish ambition, that pride, and even that insecurity. The goal isn't to make me look good, but to help 
my children grow, grow closer to Christ. I'll give you a quick analogy. This happened a couple nights ago. Nothing to do with actual leadership, but maybe the analogy will help. So at our house, we have kind of an older home and realized that we had a leak in our bathtub. And uh, my first instinct was, oh, no, like, I'm not handy at all. So my first thought was, like, we have to sell the house. You know, just we're moving. I can't deal with this. My dad is pretty handy. He's done a lot of this stuff. So I said, can you come over and give me give me a hand? You know, after after some time of, of grunting and grumbling uh, together, we, we managed we fixed it now. It was great because in my mind, my, humili- my, my humility is down here, right? Like my, I'm humble. I just want the bathtub fixed. I don't want water problem. The end goal wasn't to look like I'm handy. I know I'm not. The end goal was to fix the leaking bathtub. In which case I could say to my dad, yes, I need help. Yes, I need you to do that. I can do this, but that's as far as my ability goes. It's the same for our leadership, I think, church. The end goal isn't to look like you're the great plumber that can fix everything or to do everything, but it's to help people know Jesus and walk closer in relationship with him. So if you need help, if you don't know how to do something, just op- open that up. Hey, we, you know, it takes a village to raise children, even spiritual children. What you have then, what you've you've been blessed with, your abilities, your life experience, the ones that you would say are good or bad, I believe are also competence for you. Your strengths, your weaknesses, those are from God, not for self-gain, but for sacrificial love for other people, giving it away. So really short reflection here to kind of close things out. Just want to invite you, number one, to pray. Call out to Jesus who did this for you first. Lord, I need you in order to be sacrificial. I need you in order to understand that I have things to give to other people. Ask him who did that in the greatest way ever to be the one that leads you to do that. And then secondly, reflect. So it starts to think about what do I have? What abilities, passions, experiences that I can give away for my my children to help them know Jesus? Reflect on those two things for another two minutes and then I'll bring us back to close.
right, let's come on back. Turn up that volume if you need to. I'm just gonna land with this really brief kind of reminder for us, similar to how I closed out Sunday, but I think it bears repeating. As we look to be leaders who love, who give of ourselves, who raise the bar in our character, as we look to do that, church, we have to understand, remember, and continually remind each other that Jesus alone is our strength and our source. And not just in in word or like, yeah, we should say that as Christians, but in practice. Jesus, I need your wisdom. I need your changing of me. I need your word. I need your family. I need you to shape my desires. Jesus alone is our strength and our source. We cannot be gospel leaders apart from the one who gave us the gospel, the good news of of life in him. Jesus is our source. We need to continually, as we're leading, abide in him because apart from him, we can't bear fruit. You cannot love without knowing that you're loved and reminding each other that you are loved in a really deep way. The Lord is able to do immeasurably more through us than we could ask or imagine. And so, so when you, as a leader, when you're, when you're struggling to endure, when you just don't want to commit, like, I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to be committed to people. I can do tasks, but I don't want to be here for people. It's right there that the commitment that Jesus gives, not just gave to you, but gives to you, needs to be your source and your strength. Call on him. Jesus, remind me, carry me this week, carry me today. When, you are, when you're proud or bitter or afraid or you, you feel like your character, you're struggling to be a person of integrity, it's the righteousness of Jesus, his perfect life, his perfect character, his humility that can be given to you. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted as we are, yet was without sin. He can help us in those moments of weakness. We can call on him in, to receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. When we're, when we're struggling with arrogance or insecurity, we don't want to give away. We just, we want attention or we just don't want to lead. It's the sacrifice that Jesus made for us that's going to be our source. Can I remind us of that in closing? I'm going to read Philippians 2, 6 to 8 again. Reminding us that Jesus gave all that he had, all of his competence and more, his strength, his powers, his ability, his position, everything at his disposal. He emptied himself of it that we might be rescued from the dominion of darkness and into the kingdom of light, that we might be made fully alive. Jesus gave all of that. He can carry us when we are trying to give (laughs) just a fraction of it to those we're leading. Listen to it again, Philippians 2, 6 to 8. Paul says, Jesus, who existing in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God, position and power, as something to be exploited or to cling to. Instead, Jesus emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Church, it's his sacrifice for us, his commitment to us, his perfect character that will enable us day after day to actually be leaders who love differently, who lead differently. So with that, I'm going to wrap it there. Love for you guys to get some questions in. Um, We can work through some of the things you're processing, questions about the three C's or otherwise. Take a minute, get those in. Brooke's going to come on back and we will get to Q&A in a few minutes. 
Awesome. Okay, guys, uh, as you get your questions in, let me just take a minute to remind you about one thing, and that is we have another Simple Church Learning Community Workshop tomorrow night. It'll be on Zoom again. Uh, this time, Mel's leading it, the one and only Mel, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about everyday evangelism. Basically, what happens, what do we do after someone says yes to an invitation? How do we go from uh, making that ask, hanging out, to talking about Jesus? And so Mel's going to, has a great night planned. There's going to be some exercises, some like hypothetical role-playing things we're going to do in groups. And then Mel's going to share her tips, Q&A. It's going to be a great time. So you can still sign up, uh, sign up on Engage. Thanks to Robin. It's working. For those of you who tried to sign up today, uh, you can just do that again tonight. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys there. That is totally open. Uh, leaders, non-leaders, you're welcome to join. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Should be good. Um, well, it looks like we already... Well, maybe... Uh, I don't know if that's a question. Okay. Uh, oh, it's just more of a comment from Morgan. Uh, thinking about uh, uh, in terms of competence and just uh, our abilities, our passions and experiences. I think the most valuable thing we have to offer people is possibly the least special or unique. It's just allowing them into our lives. Yeah, that's a really mm -hmm. good point, Morgan. I, yeah, I was thinking about that somewhat recently too. That I think so many times we think we have to like um, prepare for that or like have something new to say or to like teach people. But often like honestly just being you <laughs> and sharing like what the Lord has done in your life, what he is doing, uh, the difficult times, the good times, your story just speaks a lot, especially to people that you are discipling, um, just just being you. And, and that is really freeing. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't have to always be on or like, I have to have a, a new you know thought to share devotionally. Just, just be you. And that mm -hmm. speaks uh, volumes to people. I, yeah, I definitely agree. And it's kind of neat because I was going to say, I'm, I'm kind of switching gears just for a second, but on this, like, on the same note of what Morgan's saying, um, like, I've been just leaning into that with my uh, non-Christian friends in my simple church. We just refer to them as our to-be-made disciples. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but just, like, I've just been asking questions like, you know, um, what is bringing you joy right now? Or, um, and they're not Christian. And it was funny because I like posed the question a couple weeks ago and like it threw them off, but it was just <laughs> great. Like just, I, you don't need a profound thought. Um, sure. But I like that Morgan. Um, okay. A couple questions from Tara here. So how do you live into the identity of a spiritual parent if your spiritual children don't see the relationship in the same way? On the flip side, how do you begin living as a spiritual parent if you hadn't previously seen the simple church leader role that way? Yeah, hmm. two awesome questions, Tara. Um, and I'm laughing because I'm just picturing you just like telling, you know, telling someone like, I am your spiritual mother, you know, like, listen <laughs> to me. No, I, I think it just comes a lot with um, continual faithfulness and consistency and caring. Like, again, the end, the end goal is that we're loving people to show them Jesus. And so... I think in that situation, it's a just a constant presence, a constant like, I am here for you. I am praying for you. I'm inviting you to things because I know that it'll bring you life. Uh, you know, as maybe some parents are just like constantly there. I'm coming over. I'm bringing you food. I'm texting you. I'm thinking about you. Um, and then, I mean, if, if it actually becomes open enough to be like, you know, what are you doing? Like, well, I, you know, I care about you. I want you to know Jesus. I consider myself, you know. 
a person. But I actually think that they will start to recognize that before you even have to kind of explicitly say that. Uh, constant, constant presence. And just, yeah, I guess like not giving up on people wherever they are at. Mm-hmm. Um, the second question, the flip side, how do you begin living as a spiritual parent if you hadn't previously seen the Simple Church leader role that way? Hmm. I, I, like, I think this is going to take maybe, you know, we, that's kind of why I wanted to do a bit of self-formation tonight is that it is like a, a new identity for some, for, for a lot of us, right? It's, and so I think taking the time, maybe working through that with your district leader or SCUR, like, hey, can we process this as we do coaching? Um, can I bring my questions? Can you remind me uh, that this is what we're doing? And I think, too, just taking the emphasis off of task times, like rem- remind yourself the order, like mm-hmm. huddle is important, but not as an end in itself, and just even kind of remind yourself yeah, as you're preparing for that or SME or something like, why do I want them to come to huddle? Because I care about them. I want them to be formed into likeness of Jesus by his word. And just constantly remind yourself of that order, mm-hmm. that it's a means for the end and not the end itself um, might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lisa, <laughs> parenthood is relentless. I feel, yeah, I'm not a parent, so I feel like a lot of like biological parents will be able to have some great yeah. helpful metaphors here uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, Kirsten had asked, oh, yeah. yeah, how do you live as a spiritual parent if you don't feel like you have any spiritual children? For example, if you're part of a simple church, but not an apprentice or a leader. For sure. Yeah, I think the first thing you do is is you, you still commit. Like you 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 are a leader even if you don't feel like you're leading anybody. In the sense of the call to commitment is still the same to mm-hmm. family. These are my people. So if you don't have a formal leadership role yet, if you're growing in that, that's really what the three C's is about, right? Is is growing in influence. Mm-hmm. Then start by committing to your family as brothers and sisters. Um, these are my people. Start to grow in your character. Uh, start to start to grow in your understanding of giving away competence. And I also think at the same time, while you might not have a formal role, as you do that, there's always somebody who is either going to be, you know, metaphorically beside you or just a little bit behind you on the journey of following Jesus that you can lead. Uh, and that's really all it takes. You don't have to necessarily be at a certain age or, you know, distance between them to lead them start to lead from where you are and if that's literally like just leading yourself and growing the three c's start there Mm -hmm. start to step into some of those roles maybe it's like i'm going to become an apprentice that i can you know learn more uh role wise and grow in that maturity but start to lead yourself wherever you are at right now basically we're saying like influence grows as these three c's grow and you're you're given to jesus that's what qualifies you for leadership but anyone can start now. Everyone's called. Everyone's sent. I think we should maybe market that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everyone's sent. Write a book or something. Might be, it might be a good book title. Yeah. Nathan likes it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Cringe. <laughs> Any other questions, guys, as you're processing, as you're thinking about Even your some, own? some, like, things to share in terms of, yeah. yeah other ideas. Came other... up in your reflections or kind of what... Uh, yeah, what area of character you're looking at or yeah adam i love your comment there that's awesome just scrolling back up ask mm-hmm. asking the lord for a lot more humility mm-hmm. me too that's awesome mm-hmm. 
it's cool to see. Thanks for guys for sharing as you went through the reflections too. I always, like I said, I'm always encouraged by just seeing other people um, share some of those. So thanks for being open with that. Mm-hmm. Spiritual dad jokes. Yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> see a couple other people typing. So maybe we'll give them one more minute and then. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so then part four this Sunday. Yeah, this yeah, Sunday, Robin's yeah. going to be talking about basically N plus one. Gospel leaders steer families towards truth. So we're starting to think now about how we lead others. So if this is really about like, how do I kind of lead me? Next Sunday is how do I lead others? And then the following week will be how do I lead others to lead others? Cool, N cool. plus two. Awesome. Fantastic. Hmm. Yeah, Morgan makes a good point there. Sacrificing when it's about me is easier, but when it's about others, that... Yeah, we're going to start to get into that, I think, maybe even this week, I'm not sure, but maybe the week after as well. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. I love that we're we're really taking this and, and stretching it out, but really being able to just, um, yeah, kind of look at these things um, towards health and, at, like, understanding our identity and then taking it to our family and further out, like you said, those we're leading and then those who like the N plus two component like that yeah, would be, absolutely. That'd be great. Hmm. Yeah. Well, should we call yeah, it? Yeah, I think we should call <laughs> it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been an awesome night and tomorrow night evangelism workshop, you can still sign up. Yep. So uh, hang out with Alex and Mel. It'll be great. And uh, we'll see you all very soon. Be blessed guys. Thanks.